Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Adrian Palicki on Seth MacFarlane, her new show The Orville, Wonder Woman, and Friday Night Lights. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz. Welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Welcome to my podcast where I talk to some super talented people. And yes, that includes uh, the wonderfully talented, wonderfully uh charismatic, delightful uh, Adrienne Palicki. Her first visit to Happy Second Fused, and uh, uh, she was great. As you know, uh, I'm sure if you've uh, listened to this podcast, uh, we recently had Taylor Kitsch on, so of course Friday Night Lights is always a show that comes up around here. Big fan of that one, and if you know um, that show, you probably uh, adore Adrienne Palicki uh, as much as I. She was fantastic on that show. And yes, of course, we talk a little Friday Night Lights in this one. But you know, more to the point, she's starring in a new show on Fox. If you haven't checked it out, I, I definitely recommend it. I've been watching it. It's called The Orville, and it's from the uh, uh, demented uh, mind that is Seth MacFarlane's. Uh, Seth is a huge um, uh, Star Trek fan, and this show is very much in the vein of of Trek is particularly like kind of Star Trek, the next generation. So it's kind of like very, um, kind of comfort food for, for sci-fi fans. I'm certainly enjoying it. And Adrian plays, uh, uh, kind of, uh, Seth's, Seth's characters, like ex-wife and like first officer on the show. It's a, it's a kind of an odd blend of, um, traditional sci-fi with, uh, some comedy, but maybe not as much comedy as you would expect from a Seth MacFarlane show. Anyway, it's the kind of show that you should experience and check out for yourself because the tone is very specific. Uh, it's doing quite well actually, uh, by the way, uh, the show airs Thursday night on Fox. Make sure to check it out. That's the Orville. Uh, also in this conversation, we talk about a lot of things. Of course, as I said, Friday Night Lights, um, but also, uh, you know, all the many genre uh, properties that uh, Adrian's kind of dabbled in over the years. She's done a lot of kind of sci-fi action stuff from G.I. Joe to John Wick. Uh, and yes, Wonder Woman. For those that don't know, she actually played, she's one of the select few that played Wonder Woman. Uh, it was a, a pilot, sadly, that was not picked up from the mind of David Kelly, a great writer. Uh, but she got to wear that suit and got to be Wonder Woman for a period of time. So we talk about that. And actually the fact that, and I didn't know this, that she very nearly played Wonder Woman in a feature film. So uh, that is discussed in this episode as well. Um, we, ch- we, we, we talked uh, a couple weeks back. This was taped when Adrian was visiting New York for New York Comic Con. So for context, uh, I think that comes up a little bit in the conversation. So uh, anyway, I'm flying solo today. As you can hear, it's just me and my voice talking to you guys. Sammy is sadly not with me for the intro. Trying to coordinate schedules. Sammy's uh, busy uh, with a lot of stuff, so we're trying to uh, figure out when we're like actually in the same room. Hopefully she'll be on next week's show and shows uh, from there on out. But uh, for now, we'll keep the intro short and go right to Adrian's uh, conversation with me. Uh, And of course, quick reminder, always, uh, you know, review, rate, and subscribe. Happy, sad, confused on iTunes. That does make a difference. It really helps. And uh, and in the meantime, I guess, enjoy this conversation with Adrian Palicki. Oh, look, it's Adrian Palicki. Hi, Adrian. Hey, how are you? So casual. It's good to see you. I love it. It's um, good to see you. Uh, congratulations on the show. We're going to talk a lot about the Orville. Um, I saw you guys in San Diego before the big debut. Congratulations. The ratings are really good. So Thank you must feel you. good about that. Yes. It's always that nervous, like ripping off the band aid. You're like, yeah. is it going to go? Is it not going to go? 
whatever. And I haven't like absorbed like the actual numbers, but I've seen enough like headlines to be like highest drama since something. Like it, these are good. These are very good. Exactly. Things. I don't like, understand any of it. So when the producers text me and go, you know what, we're doing well. I'm very very happy. Good emoji. Yes. Not sad emoji. Exactly. <laughs> okay, all I need to know is an actor. Um, <laughs> you should know. Very recently in your seat was uh, your good old friend uh, Taylor Kitsch. Ah. Uh, um, he warmed the seat up for you. Rigs. I mean, come on. We always love him. How did we just define? I'm still trying to define the kitsch to people because, like, I don't. Oh, understand. Hi. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> oh my god, he and uh, <laughs> He's the best. Derek Phillips, who played Billy Riggins, when they get together, they're two of my really dear friends, and it's just literally, I don't understand what they're saying. It's like they bro out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just a lot of grunting. So he invited me to hang out with him in Austin and stay over there, and I do not know if I can handle. I am so not. I, I love Taylor, but I am so <laughs> the other end of the genetic pool from Taylor Kitsch. Oh, shush, you are not. I mean, I can drink a beer and I can exercise, but I can't do it to the degree that I think Mr. Taylor Kitsch can. Yes, it's crazy. He might break me. It's, I mean, I'm a pretty athletic person, yeah. but he could make me vomit <laughs> based on his regiment. I'm just telling you. Um, okay, well, we'll get to Friday Night Lights. We'll come full circle. But um, we were just saying you're in town. You're in New York for uh, New York Comic Con. Yes. Uh, it's my first time. Seriously? I know. That is surprising. It's crazy. My brother goes every year because he's a comic book writer. But yes. I, you know, have yet to actually. I'm always working. Right. So this is a nice. Well, you've little... done San Diego and you've probably done it multiple times. Oh, yeah. So. First time was for fun and then the rest has been for work. Is that right? Yeah. You're hardcore. Okay, we'll get to that too. So, I mean, the, um, yeah, New York is going to be a, a cinch. I mean, uh, San Diego is still like the, as you well know, the motherload. It, yes. Nothing can compare to that. But it's uh, not really. It's not really a comic con anymore. It's more of just you know a promotional. It's a pop culture convention. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, your brother is a is like that his full time gig like comic books and all he's that kind of stuff. Book. Yeah, he's a comic book writer. We wrote one uh, together recently called yeah, No Angel. I, so I noticed a, a little bit of a resemblance in the character. Uh, really, you did. You noticed. <laughs> It's that total, total coincidence that the protagonist of the angel might yeah. be a tall Adrian Pulicki like exactly. character. with red hair. Whatever. <laughs> it's fine. It's very Red Dawn-esque. Has it, yeah, exactly. Has it been fun to work with your brother? Yes, always. He's, he's one of my best friends. What's the age difference? He's four and a half years older. Okay. Yeah. That's me and my brother as well. Yeah. It um, was a good dynamic. He like moved out and went to college, and that's when we kind of became really good friends. Exactly. You know. Are, it's just the two of you? Just the two of us. Gotcha. So, yeah, because uh, that's always, no matter how much uh, antagonism there is, there's always going to be, like, the influence. You're going to kind of, like, hey, I'll show you the music and the films and the TV I like, and you might resent it at first, but it also is going to inform you as a kid. Like Absolutely. I mean, that's why I started liking comic books, because my brother read comic books. So, of course, I read, you know, Supergirl, because I wanted to be tall and blonde and pretty when I grew up. You know what I right, mean? And right. Wonder Woman, and those are the things that I read, but I wanted to be like him, so. Right. You know, watching Monty Python. I was like, my brother watches Monty Python. I want to watch Monty Python. You know, like, everything. <laughs> he really did, you know, inform a lot of, you know, culturally what I, what I like. So what's, uh, what's the comic book? What's the, the gist of the story in that? Uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, it, well, it, it's, I don't know if you know the, the history of the Nephilim, which is, no. it's, it's a part of the Bible, which ultimately when, you know, God sent down um, angels to kill men. Mm-hmm. They kind of enjoyed what they what they saw, and they raped and pillaged and whatever. And there's there's actual groups of people in the world who believe that this, you know, spawn actually exists, where it's half man, half angel. And so it's kind of about this woman. She comes home, um, 
an investigator to, you know, her, her father and brother have been, have been murdered. Mm. So she starts to kind of investigate what's going on, only to find out that her, her dad was part of this cult in which he was, he was part of the Nephilim. So she finds out she has a sister. She finds out she's part of this lineage, but it's, it's a long evolved thing, but nice. it's, it's very, it's very, you know, God, devil mm-hmm. thing, which I always love that Constantine-esque yeah, yeah, world. Yeah. So is the, is, the, is the satisfaction in just doing the comic, or is it, I mean, you know, as I joked, you know, there is a resemblance, is the idea hopefully to adapt this to something Absolutely. As well. Yeah. For me, that was kind of, you know. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. I was like, but this would be a great character to it's play. It's like, here, guys, look, there's storyboards for you. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what more do I have to do to show you? <laughs> and, you know, a comic, before you actually do have those, you know, pages, it looks just like a script. So I'm like, you know, it's, it's, that's all there for us. Totally. Come on. So you were saying um, in town for New York Comic Con, but you said you, you went to a Comic Con even before you were there professionally. So. Yes, I went with a friend uh, who was going for work uh, to San Diego, and then the next year, funny enough, I went for Legion. But yeah, the first time I went was just just for fun. Is it is it is it still fun? I mean, it's it's a job. It's different. I mean, the first time I went, it was completely different than it is now. Right. I mean, right now it is a little bit of a circus. I'm, I'm excited to go to this Comic-Con because yeah. I'm excited to see... My brother always talks about how much he loves this one because it's, you know, still legitimately a Comic-Con yes. as opposed to, you know, not promoting Glee. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's there, like, it's not even comic fun, book that's stuff. That's always the fun game in every Comic-Con is to like, be like, which 10 shows really... As much as I might love them, have no right to be here. (laughs) And we're not going to talk about it, but we're just going to accept it. Exactly. Like the Orville belongs. Orville works. You know? Totally. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, it's going to be a different kind of uh, event for you coming. Because when you go to San Diego, that. For something like the Orville, that's got to be a little bit nerve wracking because you're showing it off kind of for the first time and you're kind of like. It's almost like test screening it for an audience, and now you actually know. And that is the audience. That's the thing. Yeah. You know, it's like if, if, if we blow it with this audience, then we're really, we're screwed. <laughs> did, did, did they, did you sense in San Diego there was a openness to it? Absolutely. People yeah. were so supportive, and we had the best panel, and, um, you know, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard show to describe to people, yeah. because it's, I don't think it's been done, and at least not for many years. Yeah. Um, so to compare it to something's very difficult, and everybody wants to compare it to Star Trek, but it's like it's not Star Trek. Right. It's a nod to Star Trek. Yeah. You know, it's a nod to Twilight Zone. It's a nod to you know, yeah, yeah. Galaxy Quest. There's a lot of different things happening, but it's not. It's its own thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I was telling you guys when you came into our, our, our silly little space in San Diego. Uh, legitimately, it was top of my list because I grew up with this stuff too, and I went and I went to the conventions when I was a kid, and I was a huge. Star Trek fan, and of course I love Galaxy Quest, so I love like all the things that that are influencing it, even if it's not a direct correlation. Um, and I was saying to you when you came in here, like it took me a second to recalibrate like what the show was because my first hint was I was shocked when I heard it was an hour long. I was like, wait a second, yeah. this is an hour long. So that leads me to believe it's not necessarily a straight comedy, and it's certainly not. It's funny. Um, I don't. Yeah, I'm still kind of wrestling with how to describe it, but it's almost like like real people like real flesh and blood people put in like the Star Trek context to me it's like people like people speaking the way you speak in that kind of absurd setting world exactly and that's exactly what Seth wanted he's like you know there has to be stakes so it has to be set in some version of reality for us right. these characters you know what I mean if we want to play the spoof we could yeah but it grounds it by just going, you know, this is this is day to day, and yes, there's Bordis, and there's you know an artificial life form who happens to be smarter than everyone and also racist. You know what I mean? It's like there's this 
really cool world that he's created, but it is very, very, very difficult to describe to people. But I mean, it was also that some of the promotional stuff was not necessarily, I think, accurate. Sure. You know, it was it was promoting well, it in a way of Seth's humor. image, and yeah, exactly. And um, the the response, though, thankfully, has been brilliant from from the audience and the fans, which are the reason that any show survives. I sure. think Friday Night Lights is a testament to yes. that. You know, the little show that could it couldn't be. Thank stopped. God for the fans, man. <laughs> Thank God for those footballs y'all sent in. <laughs> So did you did you get the tone from the get go? Like, was it enough for like Seth to describe it and to read the first script, or did it take you a second to figure out like what show you were in? I read it, and within the first five pages, which sadly enough, I mean, you really think about it, it's like it's quite was, an introduction. Yeah, I'm saying like the blue, <laughs> you know, the blue alien scene sold me. I was like, I have to play this character, <laughs> which is a weird thing for an actress to say, but I was like, it just, oh my god, I was crying laughing. Yeah. Because I was thinking to myself, I'm like, this is smart humor. I mean, throughout, you mm-hmm. know, there's there's levels, of course, that that's a that's a Seth MacFarlane moment, that's sure. a Family Guy moment. Sure. But there's so much brilliant humor in it and smart humor that kind of takes you a second. I love the humor that you know. Yeah. A minute later, you're like, oh, <laughs> that was funny. Right. It takes you, you know, into a different place. Um, and then to see actually the the finished product to me was different than how it played on paper. But I, I enjoyed it more because it reminded me of something I watched when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, something in the late '80s, early '90s that was innocent. Yeah. You know, it's bright, it's colorful. At the end, you kind of feel good. Yeah, it's kind of comfort food. It kind of feels. It, it, it does. It, it has a little bit of. Um, it goes down easy, but even and and also tackles. Um, you know. Issues and political issues and, and 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 sociological issues in a way that I think Seth, it, you know, it, it's funny. Seth is that weird mix, isn't he? He's kind of like high and lowbrow. Um, he's a super smart guy who also likes, you know, poop humor. Like, yes, and that's kind of like the beauty of <laughs> Seth MacFarlane. Exactly. <laughs> that's why the show works. He's yeah. a hard person to describe as well, so it, <laughs> the show works perfectly yeah. for that reason. So, and uh, you just said you just wrapped the first, was it 12 or 13 episodes? 13 episodes. Nice. Yes. Is that the, that's a grind, though. I mean, you, you're no stranger to that kind of, like, schedule, like the hour-long Absolutely. Drama. This schedule was, it was harder than most because it, it, we're developing a world. Right. And that, that's never been, and this is also, you know, Seth's dream. He moved to Los Angeles for this show, yeah. to do this show. So everything had to be perfect. And it's one of my favorite things about him is how, you know, much of a perfectionist he is in yeah. that world because he cares about it so much. And so it did. It took time and hours and, you know, it will always get easier as first sure. season is always the down. hardest, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. But it was also so enjoyable because we're all friends, you know. A lot of us knew each other before we started shooting. So is that it was, right? Yes. So how, what, did you know Seth from a particular project or you had just met Seth and I campaigned for Obama in 2008. Nice. and uh, Well, actually 2007. And, um, yeah, he was... That we became really dear friends. So we've known each other for ten years. Nice. I've known Jaylene for ten years, and you know, and Jaylene and Scott have known Seth for twenty. So it's like there's weird family. Right. That it's it's already it was already there. Um, as we take this, I don't, the, the Charlize episode. I think it was one episode, right? Yes. Ha- hasn't aired yet. I'm very excited to see her mix it up because she's one of my favorite human beings on the planet. Did you get to do anything with her? Or oh she, yeah. Yeah. Ah. Huh? Oh yeah. <laughs> she's awesome I mean we, yeah. we I mean I, I would think uh, you know in the in the the tall cool actress club you've got the private club absolutely and, and I'd met her previously because of Seth mm. and I you know I just I always thought that she was very very cool and you know she's she's somebody who likes women which 
as an actress in Hollywood is very, very hard to come by. I know it sounds crazy, but you know, yeah. um, she's just, she's so lovely. She's powerful. She's strong, but she's kind of like a dude. And I love that about her. Yeah. And I'm telling you, she and I have a scene that most men, I think, are going to be very happy about. Oh, exciting. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to double DVR it now. <laughs> record twice on my DVR. Um, so, so, and what are you guys doing at New York Comic Con? Are you showing just new footage and new episodes? I have no idea. You just go where they tell you. I do. It's just like, just do go and talk about things. I'm like, great. This is fantastic. <laughs> I think we're showing an episode. I don't know if we're showing an episode. We're doing a panel. I'm going to wave a little bit, sign Seth's some things. Seth's going to Skype, you know. It's going to be me, Scott, and Penny. Have you ever had to do the, the Comic-Con thing um, where like you do the step and repeat and you to pose with fans for like three hours awkwardly? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How awkward is that? Be honest. It's a little awkward. <laughs> hey, I how always, are you? I love the photos that come out of like someone just like you're standing in one place and like everybody is next to you and it's just... You know, if people are giving you drinks in those moments, it's fine. Right. Because by the end of it, you really have no idea what you're freaking doing <laughs> you or where you're at, you know? <laughs> hey, as long as you can stand up, it's all right. matters. Right. <laughs> you could get a stool, you know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> by then you're in a bed. Why is, she lying? Why is she sleeping? Does this count as a photo op? She's sleeping. Really? <laughs> She's there. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. Her presence is felt. Her snoring gives it away. Um, but do you remember the first time that you were kind of like recognized? That you were acknowledged for work? I mean, you're, 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 you're a striking figure and that like you're tall. So I would think there's always like, you know, people probably notice you. Definitely but there's a difference. Because of my height, yeah. for sure. The, the first time, because, I mean, I've lived in L.A., and I've lived in, in Austin. We shot, you know, Friday Night Lights, so people were very, very supportive. Yeah. And it wasn't, they would just come up and be like, thank you, because it was helping the town and everything sure. else. Um, L.A., everybody's in the industry, so, like, nobody really cares. Right. The moment it happened, shockingly for me, was a few, it was seven years ago or something like that. I was walking in Soho in New York. Because New Yorkers are, are awesome. <laughs> And we're cool about it, we but very cool, cool. Yeah, you know. Whatever, whatever yeah. it's fine. Little head nod, like hey. Oh, honey. oh yeah, oh, okay. But Friday Night Lights fans are awesome and insane yeah. in the best possible way. And I just hear walking. It's like Christmas. Yeah. Oh my God! It's Tyra in like the middle of Soho. I'm just like <laughs> like a sardine, and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> And everybody turns, and that was my first moment of going. It was a flash going, mob. They just ran after you. Then. It was like it's a hard like, day's night. You're running in oh the streets. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was also awesome because I was like, thank God we have this many fans for the show. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you're recognizing me, then you're really watching the show. Well, so what is the, because this is a show that will, I was going to say for good or for bad, there's no real bad. It's going to follow you till the day you die. Like, mm -hmm. This is one of those shows that like, um, even if the audience wasn't like a billion people, the people, as you say, that watched it, like it really touched them. Um, it, it must be a day to day part of your life in some degree still when people go up to you. Like, what are the what are the things they still say to you today when they interact with you? Well, because you know the thing is that show is relevant no matter when you watch it. Yeah. You know, a lot of people have started watching it now, which is why you still get right. you know acknowledgement for it. Um, the the coolest thing that ever was said to me about Tyra was that you know I've had girls come up to me and be like, she's the reason I went to college. And like that really, that's amazing. That means a lot because yeah. that character went through a lot to get there, and so that's the point. You know, Jason Kadams called me um, the end of the third episode, and he was like, or the third season, and he's like, "Palicki, I really, I really don't want to lose you on the show, but I also I'm like torn because I really think Tyra should go to college." And I was like, "She needs to go to college, otherwise this whole thing has been in vain." Yeah. If she stays in this town, 
and, you know, is fought for this thing and doesn't get there, then it's just as much as I wanted to stay on the show. Sure. You know. Were you, were you happier when uh, Tyra was with Kitsch or Plemons? Who were you rooting for? I loved the, I loved the dynamic of Landry because yeah. it was, you know, but I loved in the fifth season, like when she comes back, she's supposed to be with Riggins. Right. And I think the spinoff of Tyra and Riggins would be amazing, and they take over for Coach. Right. And, you know, she becomes Tammy Taylor. We, should we start texting Taylor right now to see what Absolutely. we can do? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it would be a much more tumultuous relationship, you know? A little bit more, you know, Desperate Housewives, but, you know. Right. Is, was that a, a game changer, not even just in terms of career? I'm, I'm always curious about that show in, like, the, way, the approach to that show, the way that Pete Berg shot the pilot and set the template and how improvisational it was and how loose and uh, it, 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 it had an immediacy for the audience and I'm sure for the actors. Was it unlike anything you'd ever shot before? Absolutely. And it's the reason I'm the actor I am today because it was, it was like acting school every day. Yeah. You really have to step up and there were so many amazing actors on that show and when you're improving with them and you're you know, having to step up to the plate and you know, there's no marks which you're used to kind of like go stand here, say this line. Yeah. Oh, you messed up your line. Step Do it five back. times. All right. You know what I mean? This is like, no, no, no. The mess ups are the best thing. You know, here's your space. We have three. Oh, you looked in the camera because you don't know where they're at. It's like that kind of that kind of feeling. So everything was very, very, very realistic. It was actually hard going from that to something else. I would imagine. I was like, oh, I forgot there's marks and I don't like doing this. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but no, it's it's uh, it's the reason that I'm the actor I am today. Yeah. Thank God for Pete Berg. Was there a mourning period after Friday Night Lights when the realization that there might be good projects that come and go? There's not going to be something that was exactly that that will replicate that kind of experience. Absolutely. I think until Orville, I was just very, very, very aware of the fact that that was going to be the best thing I ever did. And now I'm, you know, in a situation where I'm doing a very close second. Yeah. So yeah. it's just a completely different experience. So I could even say it's, it's equally as wonderful. It's just, it's different, but yeah. it's up there. So, so uh, and I know we're jumping around, forgive me, but it, I mean, working with someone like Seth, who is, I don't even know, triple threat, whatever you want to count it. Like he's, he's a writer of many, if not all the episodes I know. So is that weird to be acting opposite the writer? Is that an advantage? Like, if you fuck up a line, are you like, oh, I'm fucking it up in front of the writer? Like, is that a whole other dimension? It's an advantage, <laughs> for sure, because here's the thing, you know, I'm not, as much as I love doing comedy and I've done it, I have never, I haven't done this much comedy. Right. And that's scary. And to have this guy next to me who's going, you know, helping you through it and being your support system is really, really awesome. Um, and also, it is kind of nice if you flub something and he goes, oh, no, no, that's better. That's better. You, know, you keep that. You know what I mean? And that, nice. that freedom to feel that way. So what's what's the best note he or someone had given you in terms of like playing comedy? Is it is it not to play the comedy? Is it just? To... Yeah, absolutely. It's just a bit you know play it straight. And in my character Kelly is is right. the straight man, but that's where the humor comes from. Same thing like Bordis. Right. Things that come out of his mouth because he's so straight about it is holy. the straighter he plays it, the better. Oh my god! And yeah. his voice, right. phenomenal. <laughs> yes. Um, where do you guys shoot it? And the sets and the makeup and everything about it. Just we feel... shoot at Fox Studios in Los Angeles. Oh, nice. But they built this ship. It's two stories. I'm telling you, they put an engine on this thing. It could actually fly. I mean, this it's massive. Um, all the all the you know corridors are right. functional, like That's all the way amazing. around. It's Unbelievable! We have the most amazing, um, most amazing team. 
I, I'm, I'm inviting myself over for next season. You have season. to. I and then love to. you have Howard Berger, who's, you know, an Academy Award winning makeup artist right. who pops on these, and his team pops on these prosthetics in like two hours and make Bordis look like Bordis. That's you crazy. know? Back and, in the day, that would have like been six hours. But or CGI'd. Yep. You yep. know? So, um, okay, so let, let's go back. So you. Uh, you grew up in Toledo. Yes. You're the first Toledo guest on Happy Sad Confused, the podcast. Welcome. As far as I know. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, Katie Holmes. Oh, yeah. Katie has not been here. So, yeah. Okay. Um, so what do I need to know about Toledo? What is there to know about Toledo? Um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this speaks volumes. <laughs> you got to go to Tony Paco's. Okay. She's Hungarian. Okay. And it's the best hot dog you'll ever have. Sausage. Nice. Um... And <laughs> go back often, do you? Nope. Oh. <laughs> Any family back there? Still? I do. My my um, most of my family. My brother okay. lives in Seattle, and other than that, the rest of my family's there. My parents come out to see me as often as possible. But you know, it's I loved growing up there. It was an incredible place to grow up. I also felt like it was a great place to leave. Yeah. Um, and I respect it so much. It's just you know. It wasn't the right fit for you. It was not it the right fit for me. Yeah, yeah. So when did you, when did you start acting? Was it was it in high school? Or was it was in high school. I started doing plays and musicals, mm -hmm. and the first play I ever did, uh, lent me a tenor, was when I realized that I wanted to do that for the rest of my life. Like truly knew I wanted to do that. And the last one, which was The Wiz, I decided I had to and I could, and so I was filling out college applications. Right. Seventeen years old. And I remember when both of my parents were in the house, and I said, I put down my pen and paper, filling out college applications. I said, I'm going to move to New York, and I'm going to be an actress. <laughs> my dad just put his head down and shook his head. My mom started screaming, and rightly so. So I, my best friend and I, we ended up running out the NYU dorms, which they do over the summer for, like, dirt cheap at the right. time. It was, like, $400. And lived in Greenwich Village, and, you know... And you survived somehow. You're I not dead. I spent a month there because I, that was all the money I had. <laughs> I remember her and I going and like splitting a veggie burger at, you know, some little shop just to feel like we were out in the world. You right. know what I mean? Um, and I realized very quickly that I was not going to be on Broadway um, that way. So how long did you spend here? I was only here a month. Literally just that month. And I auditioned in front of um, a bunch of casting directors and agents. And I got an agent out of... LA, which was really Costa Mesa. I didn't know the difference. <laughs> and <laughs> moved back to Ohio, worked two jobs for a couple months, and my dad drove out with me and didn't know anybody in LA and worked a million jobs, made sandwiches, worked at the Magic Castle, right. you know, cocktail waitress, DJ, all the things. Now, is the, do you look back on that time fondly or like, oh, thank God I made it through that? Thank God it only took me two years. I mean, I'm, you know, I've known people, been there for, 20 still yeah. trying to to make it and it's it's a it's a difficult feat but uh i was ballsy i think now i'm like i would absolutely never do that again so i mean you just had a lot of self-confidence you felt like of course this is going to end up happening or that's i moved out there with the sense that if i'm 50 and i'm still waiting tables this is still what i want to do because there's nothing i had no fallback plan right it was that was it that's all i wanted to do i knew we would not be happy doing anything else and what was the kind of, I can only imagine the kind of stuff you were, you had to go out for at first. Oh, everything, you know, where the bikini was involved for sure. Right. Yeah. Was that, so what's that like to have to like do those kind of auditions and 
those jobs at first? Is that kind of soul crushing or kind of like it is what it is? It is what it is. You know, it's just whatever. (laughs) You know what I mean? You're like, if I'm getting paid and I'm acting and I get my SAG card, this is all that matters. Yeah. And I'm keeping my clothes on pretty much. So it's fine. (laughs) What degree of grossness did you have to deal with in terms of casting director? Like, were people relatively cool or would I be, would it confirm my, my, uh, view of humanity that there was kind of gross people out there. There's gross people out there, but there's just really like happy things that are said to you. I had I, I wore my hair curly for because I have naturally curly hair. I, I wore my hair curly for an audition, and my manager calls me and says that the casting director thinks I should never wear my hair curly again for an audition because it makes my face look fat on screen. I mean stuff like that. You know what I mean? And it's like to this <laughs> cool. day I'm still kind of scarred by yeah, it. And I'm like I'm not gonna wear my hair curly then. <laughs> Because my face looks bad. It's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. Um, and so what's the, what's the first job? What's the first job you put on the resume that you either were proud of or not proud of? <sighs> well, I'm not going to say the one I'm not proud of. Um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> is, is it on the IMDb? Is it somehow flushed from the system? Just say Danny Trejo is in that movie. Um, I, uh, first thing I really did that kind of broke my career was... Uh, John Woo did a pilot. It was a remake of Lost in Space. Yeah, and I saw played this Judy on the Robinson. I was fascinated by this, both by the that it's Lost in Space and then John Woo of all people. It was awesome. And, and you know what? He figured out a way to make doves fly in space. <laughs> I love it. I it love was it. awesome. It was awesome. Um, so you were, you were Judy. You were the I was Judy. the girl. Yep. That's so fun. Yep. Was it a, was it like actually a decent pilot or did it just not work? You know, it never it never got finished. I mean, we shot the whole thing. It's just that the it was so expensive. Yeah. And we went way over, and sure. they went to through different writer. It was it was it was a thing. Wait, but there weren't actually doves in space, were there? Origami. <laughs> and it was a slow motion, and that's how I saw the guy I was interested in. That's amazing. Does this video exist anywhere? Ah, uh, my parents have a copy of it. <laughs> I gave to them on VHS. Amazing. Um, when was the first of the... You've been associated with and cast in a bunch of comic book-related projects. Yes. Smallville, the first one? First? Smallville was the first. Yeah. I mean, after Lost in Space, but yeah. Right. Um, and there was the Aquaman pilot. Aquaman pilot. Uh, yep, yeah, Supernatural. I mean, I've had a lot of genre jobs, so, for sure. So of all the ones that we know about, like comic book related how many do i not even know about that you went up for like is that or is that are those basically the ones that you were oh i was uh, justice league um which which incarnation of justice league? george miller was going to direct oh, yeah, yeah. i actually project. had that role for a second which one wonder woman oh my god <laughs> wait what do you mean you had it for a second what happened well they needed um they needed more actors from australia nice. and yeah to actually make it, to make it work financially for them to actually shoot yeah, there yep. And they and they found a woman who literally, I mean, she was she, she was, was an Amazonian, yeah. <laughs> which was awesome. But and I wouldn't have been able to do the rest of Friday Night Lights if I'd done it. But um, you know. that, that must have been a, well, luckily for, I mean, and thankfully because they were there for six anyway. months and yeah. I mean, Army Hammer will tell you all about. It. Yeah, yeah. I just had Jay Baruchel in here. He has amazing stories that he was like the bad guy in that film. Yeah, that's they like were... the most infamous like project that never was that I'm obsessed oh my with. God. It would have been um, George Miller doing that movie. Oh Are you kidding me? God. And the stuff, I mean, this, the things that I've seen from it, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. The way it was, you know, supposed to be done. Um, so that was a big one. That was a big one. You ended up getting Wonder Woman, of course. I did. Is that weird that, that that's, again, one of those things that's gonna always going to come up, even though, like, it didn't actually, it happened. You shot a pilot and you got to I, wear the costume. I got paid you to got wear paid? the costume. I, we shut down Hollywood Boulevard, which had never been done for a TV series before, mm-hmm. which was fun. 
David E. Kelly. That's an amazing. I love David E. Kelly. Um, the whole experience was amazing. I'm over it now. Right. There, were, there was there was a good three years where people would bring it up, oh, and I'd no, be like, really? <laughs> <laughs> "Don't mention my curly hair either." No. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's about right. Um, <laughs> but now it's like I'm so I'm so proud that they've they've made a movie. I'm so proud that they're you know. Yeah. Really taking these female characters seriously, and and it's a character that deserves to be out there. Totally, yeah. You're, and you're in a different place, as you said. You're in, you're in a project that you're proud of. They've done well by the uh, by their own right. So it's like now you can feel like you can talk about it without the the wound. The wound absolutely, skills. absolutely. Right. Um. So and then of course, what what am I missing in the in the genre world? Agents of Shield, fun, uh, enjoyable experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Playing Mockingbird? Yeah. That was fun. Now, did you ever get to shoot the kind of like potential spinoff thing? We did. It was actually great. ABC just... Just one of those things. Yeah. The TV side of Marvel, it's still, they're still figuring it out. Yeah. Well, I mean, they got the Netflix version figured out, I feel like. Yeah. It's, you know... The... Yeah. Yes. So, but no, it was... I mean, Agents was super fun and... And I love those groups of people. I love that they're, they're all going to be at Comic-Con. And yeah. I'm so excited to see them. They're my oh, friends. They're you know? the best. Clark Gregg is one of my favorite human beings. Clark Ming-Na is one of my favorites. She's super funny. She's like wild. She's, She's a crazy absolutely lady. not that character. I know. I mean, I didn't realize that she until I started to talk to her. She has the grossest sense of humor. Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> I had no idea. Like, yeah. Because I've, I've, I've done more with the rest of them. And I, I think she was part of a group interview at Comic-Con a couple years ago. And I was like, oh, you're a crazy lady in a best possible way. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> She kept me young. <laughs> nice. nice. So, so what do you, I mean, you, you, you continually, I'm sure get, uh, you know, in, in the running for these kind of cool genre properties. Like, is that where you're, it sounds like that's what you grew up with to a degree and it's what you're into anyway. That being said is like, are you not thought of for certain kinds of roles that you wish you were, or is it, are you satisfied with the kind of like the box that you're in in terms of Hollywood? Well, you know, it's like, I, I don't feel like I am in a box, you know, and, and I think this show is very, it makes that very clear in mm -hmm. the sense of like, yes, it happens to be a genre show, but it's the characters, you know, funny, smart, strong, right. vulnerable, right? kick ass, you know, like she's, she gets to, I get to embody a lot of different things in yeah. this. Um, there was definitely that like, okay, she's only an action chick. Right. For a while. Right. Uh, which I didn't mind. Did that come out? Did that come out of John Wick or before John Wick? When was that? That was before John Wick. Uh -huh. Wonder Woman. I had Wonder Woman, and then it was like GI Joe. Right. You know, it was that that changed everything. Right. You know, they called for John Wick because they wanted you know somebody who could do stunts. Yeah. Um, but I really enjoy doing it. It makes me feel like a badass. Well, yeah, and again, if you're working with the right people, I mean, if you're gonna do it. You do it on John Wick. Yeah. Like, that's the best team of people to work with. Absolutely. Kind of I, I don't know if you remember, I, I, got, I visited you guys on set when you were actually shooting your fight scene uh, in that film. And it was before, like, it was just like a Keanu action movie. Like, oh, maybe, I don't know, is this going to be released? Who knows? I mean, who knows what this is? Right. And then it turned into, like, the coolest action movie of the decade. I know. <laughs> did you, I mean, did you know, like, the pedigree of, like... Those guys, they, they were the Matrix guys and everything. Did you know like it was going to be on that level when you Absolutely. signed on? I mean, I knew that it was going to be on that level as far as what, what I read. Yeah. I was like, first I read the script. And actually, when I read the script, my character was named David Perkins. It was a dude. Mm -hmm. I love that they kept everything the same. They just changed the name. Nice. Um, but yeah, no, just working with them and, and how diligent they were and how, I mean, I worked really hard. They, they put me through, you know, hell and back to, to, sure. to learn jujitsu. 
which was awesome. And I'm glad they did because it made that fight sequence a really big standout in the movie. Um, but it was hard work, and they're they're such hard workers, and I've never worked with better stunt people in my life. I'm sure it was through and through. Or has I mean that that's one of the highlights I'm sure on the film side of your career. The the, the film stuff's harder probably to find, like the the juicy kind of like rewarding stuff. I mean, looking at your filmography, arguably the the best stuff has probably been on television for you personally. That that you felt rewarding. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've had fun. Like, I, I did a movie last year that came out called Baby, 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 which mm. I it's a romantic comedy, which I really love, and you know, doing those things that are a little bit different. Yeah. Also, really rewarding because you know it's like, oh, I still can do that. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Didn't throw one punch in that movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would. I, I'd say it's probably safe to say that the the most rewarding stuff has been on television because yeah. you get to play a character arc. Right. You know, you get to play something throughout that's creating something that's not short lived. Sure. Or you know, put into a little, you know, area in which you have to show a lot in a very minimal amount of time. Is it, is, it, is it tough to find male co-stars that can literally stand toe-to-toe with you or higher? I think Red, Red Dawn got it right. They got Hemsworth. So yes. He actually is one of the few people that can... Hover over me. Exactly. Taylor is just slightly taller than me. Okay. Yeah. That works. Or do we want to say where Seth is? I don't know. Seth is taller than me. Is he really? Yeah, he's a good inch taller than me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're getting there. Were you, are you like the, the 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 old fun like stereotype of like uh, oh I was tall and I was awkward and gangly oh I I didn't know what I mean where my limbs went when I was a kid I was knock kneed dude <laughs> I had a fro and I was knock kneed okay my brother will validate this claim in fact he'd probably show you a picture I <laughs> was not and I'm thankful for it because I think it made me the person I am today but I was definitely not attractive for good portion of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and we're always that kid inside. You know? Exactly. Right? We're always stuck at 12 or whatever. And yeah, that really awkward phase where yeah. people are making fun of you. Absolutely. Totally. When did you get the first tattoo? I got my first tattoo when I was 19. And I was a bit drunk. <laughs> and I was into astro- uh, as astrology, mm-hmm. as most 19-year-old you know, <laughs> girls in Los Angeles are. <laughs> What's your sign? Um, and so I was like, well, I'm a Taurus, so I'm going to get a bull. Right. And it was the only one I went in and went, I'm going to get that. And it's the Merrill Lynch logo. <laughs> so that was my first tattoo. It's your first endorsement deal before you knew it. I, it. It was actually Zach Guilford walking up, you know, the stadium stairs at Friday Night Lights. He was like, why do you have Merrill Lynch on your ass? Because also it happens to be my tramp stamp, which is classic, even better. Yes. So that that's my... That was my first one. And then I was stuck. Then I was, I probably got, on Friday Night Lights, I probably got six tattoos. Wow. Because. Was this going in on with other, uh, this is like a Lord of the Rings style thing where everybody got it in no. together? Or just you yourself? I'm just addicted to them. <laughs> and my character, they, first of all, Friday Night Lights never worried about continuity at yeah, all. Right. I mean, I got my hair cut during episodes. <laughs> like there's an episode in the second season where my hair is like two inches shorter in the second scene of it. Um. But, yeah, no, I, I would show up, like, every episode with a new tattoo. They're fine I, with it? They yeah, they just were like, as long as it's... <sighs> have, you, have you stopped now? Where are you at now? No, I just got a new... I was just in Dublin, and... Uh, I got this arrow this. here? Very nice. I got this one for my dad. It's a green arrow. Um, and what, uh, you've been mysterious about the Supergirl one, about what, the location. I'm not going to ask location, what, but what is it? Is it literally a... It's a just the ta- logo. The logo, Supergirl. But I got it for Supergirl, not Superman. Yeah, I mean, let's be let's, clear. Let's be clear. <laughs> Superman gets enough love. Super <laughs> that girl. was my second tattoo. 
That was your second that after uh-huh. the Merrill Lynch. Yep. Well, 21 in South Beach. What's a, what's a good starter tattoo for someone considering their first tattoo? Because it's clearly not the Merrill Lynch logo. Don't do Don't that. Don't do the Merrill Lynch logo. <laughs> Don't do anything that can be misconstrued as a logo. Absolutely. What I would do is do your research and not go into some place and say, I want that right. off the wall. Right. Maybe be sober. Maybe soberish. Ish. I mean, listen, <laughs> take a couple shots before you do it. Sure. But, you know, go in with full and, you know. Exactly. Make the choice. And then once, they're, once they get the gear out, right. then you can start then to drink. Then you can start to drink. You numb yourself <laughs> just slightly. <laughs> just just pick something that, you know, you're not going to regret. Yeah. Don't do the Mike Tyson face tattoo if you're going to be an actor. Absolutely. And never, ever, ever get your significant other's name. It is the kiss of death. <laughs> it is the kiss of death. You don't have that, do you? No. Did you, did you date someone named Supergirl at some point or Marilyn? I have my ex's face on my stomach. <laughs> Please, that's a lie. Oh, my God. <laughs> How did you not end up in, in Austin like many of your, your friends? Did you did you ever have a place there? I have a place there now. Oh, you do? I'm back and forth. I didn't realize that. Yes. You're making it work. I know. It's my it's my sanctuary. What did, uh, some, Something's in the water there. Everybody that on that show just fell in love and it's can't let go. It's the only place I felt like home ever in my life. It's like I walked, the, I walked into that situation and I was like, this city is a city that I believe I was supposed to be born in. And... So I would go back all the time, and yeah, I finally bought a place there like everybody else. Excellent. So when I, when I visit Taylor and he murders me or is killing me, I'm going to call you and be like, help me. He's, he's hurting me. Absolutely. He thinks, he thinks we're having fun, but I'm not having a good I'm time. I'm like, I'll come pick you up. Adrian, help me. We're going to go have drinks. <laughs> okay, but send me back to my, my apartment in New York. I need to go to bed. <laughs> I don't want to touch Oh, you're not going to sleep. You're not going to sleep in Austin. <laughs> I don't want to. Okay. <laughs> Between the two of us, no. <laughs> um, congratulations on the show. I hope you have a great time at your Comic Con. Sure, I'm sure you will. Thank uh, you. It's always good to see you, and I'm looking forward to what comes next on the show. Thank you. So good to see you. Thanks for and so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't pressured to do this by Josh. <laughs> 